Many of you know I love our stained glass windows. I love how we're cradled here in the sanctuary by Jesus. Jesus the Magnificent, who's being restored right now. And the Holy Spirit back here. And I praise God for the wisdom and deep faith and theological depth of the parishioners, artists, and whoever else was involved in designing this church and these windows back in the 60s. These two in particular, two great windows, creatively express what I think Jesus is trying to tell the disciples in today's gospel. The scene is the Last Supper. Jesus has just washed the disciples' feet and told them he will be betrayed, that he will leave them. Jesus is comforting the disciples, who, no surprise, are a tad freaked out and having a hard time absorbing what Jesus is telling them, I'm leaving. This is part of what's called the farewell discourse in the Gospel of John. And last week we read a portion right before today's verses in chapter 14. We read the beginning of that chapter, which starts out with Jesus saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. And today, I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. Jesus promises to send an advocate, a comforter, the spirit of truth, to be with the disciples forever. The Holy Spirit, with us forever. And here we have that gift embodied in our windows. Behind you, Jesus is present with us now. And if you are able, you may want to crane your neck back, turn your bodies around. Just take a look for a moment at Jesus. Take a look at those outstretched arms. Out on the street, they're welcoming arms. If you look at his hands, all different races represented in the different colors in his hands. And I apologize to you, those of you who are way, way back in the back, you're welcome to come up. <laughs> Though we won't be looking at Jesus too, too long. And here in the sanctuary, we get this sense of, I'm with you, these outstretched arms. But I also wonder, are those arms also offering us a gift here, the Holy Spirit, the advocate promised by Jesus to be with us and be with the disciples forever. Every time we come into this sanctuary, we have an abstract representation of that promise and that reality. Every time we walk in, every time we worship, even when we have concerts or set up for worship or rehearse music or simply sit here and pray, the Holy Spirit is right there before us. But Jesus goes further than that. The Spirit not only in abides with you, he tells the disciples, the Spirit abides in you. The divine in us. 
And Jesus tells them, because the Spirit is already with us and will be in us, we and the disciples actually already know him or her. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way. Spirit in me, but that's Jesus' promise. Deep within whatever pain, whatever our struggles, whatever ails us in body, mind, in our interactions with the world, the spirit, the divine is with us and in us. So, we will not be orphaned. We are given the spirit and the spirit is with us and in us. And in Bible study this week after reading this passage and thinking about Jesus, leaving and sending the Holy Spirit, one person exclaimed, it's an upgrade. The Holy Spirit, the holy upgrade. But wait, there's more. Jesus next tells the disciples that when the world cannot see him anymore, I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. So not only the Spirit in us, Jesus in God, us in Jesus, and Jesus in us. Which means, he said, because I live, you also will live. This can seem confusing, but what I think is here for us to look at is this radical interrelationality between us and God. Jesus as God incarnate and revealed on earth, the Holy Spirit, God's spirit of truth, all relating intimately together as God and also ultimately relating to us and with us at a cellular level, alive and active. God, Christ, the Holy Spirit, not bound by space or time, but eternally alive and acting in us and with us. I heard a fascinating interview with a physicist the other day, Carlo Rovelli, and he was explaining how from a quantum physics perspective, all of reality is interaction. Our senses, he says, convey a picture of reality that narrows our understanding of the fullness of reality. We conceive of the world based on things, or like I learned way back in school, that all things can be reduced to atoms, defined atoms, protons, neutrons, electrons. But it turns out that quantum physics, what kids are, I hope, being taught now, <laughs> quantum physics sees that electrons only exist and are only understood in how they exist, in how they interact with each other. They can be understood only in how they jump from one another to one another in this interaction. Reality at a subatomic level, fundamentally based on interactions. And theology gal here can't help but make the leap to thinking about the heart of the divine 
thinking about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, not as distinct, fixed things like atoms, but rather active, interactive through relationship with one another and reaching into our very core, the very cellular nature of who we are, into our atoms and right down into our subatomic particles that make us us, God in relationship with us. And what is at the heart of that relationship? Love, divine love. Jesus' ultimate commandment, which he asks us in this passage to remember and to follow. Love one another as I have loved you. Christ in us and us in Christ. The spirit in us and us in the spirit. That's what births love, nurtures love. It's a two-way street, a holy interaction, and it is present whether we feel it or not whether we perceive it or not. So we come into the sanctuary, into this house of God, with Jesus at the entry, the Holy Spirit before us, both alive in the setting of God. I've been coming here thinking that this is God's house and I'm coming into a cradle of love. And we come in here also for the Eucharist. Pretty soon, you're gonna be coming up to the altar. And in the Eucharist, while we are enveloped by God, we physically receive the bread and the wine, Jesus's body and blood becoming part of us, interacting with us. And returning to our seats, sit there, and there's the Holy Spirit with us as much as Jesus is with us and in us. This is an extraordinary dynamic of love, love that's flowing. We're not orphaned. We're not alone. We have divine love within. And in that divine love, we have love to give. So as Christ loves us, let us love one another. Amen.